Well, Father, it is another day's journey. Lord, we are glad about it. God, it is an absolute honor and a privilege to be standing here with my brothers. My brothers, God, God from diverse backgrounds, diverse cultures, from various places, Father, across our state. I'm just in awe, Father, of how awesome you are when men come together for the sake of authentic worship. And I'm grateful, God, that you didn't have to trick anybody to come up here. Grateful that you didn't have to sabotage or that you had to assault our agendas and our schedules in order for us to be here. You knew exactly what you were doing. You pre-planned this. You put us here for this designated moment in this designated time. So everything that's going to be done in these next few days, Father, it will not catch you off guard. But God, I'm just grateful that you selected us to be here. Individually, God, you selected us. So you brought us together collectively because when a move from heaven happens, it happens when we're together on one accord. So my prayer, Father, is that you would open up the heart of every individual that's here, open up the ear of every listener, open up the eye, Father God, of every person that needs to see your word, not me. For I'm just mere clay. I'm a person that's just ordinary, just like all my brothers are. We're all ordinary, God. We serve an extraordinary God, though, that does extraordinary things. And so, God, we are standing here as an empty vessel saying, empty us out so that you can fill us with your spirit and with your anointing. So have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy, blot out my transgressions and wash me thoroughly of mine iniquities and cleanse me of my sin, but create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a bright spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence and don't take your spirit from me, but do me a favor and restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Allow me to stand here, Father God, bold, flat-footed, Father God, and with careful articulation and persuasion so that your people can hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. And just in case the enemy, the devil, that crazy individual from hell decided to cross the snake line to come up to this mountain, I want to serve you notice that you have three seconds to clear the building. Because by the time we say amen, our goal tonight is not to give you a black eye, but to give you a Mike Tyson knockout. In Jesus' name we pray. Do me a favor, my brothers. Clap your hands, dudes, as fast as you can. Shout amen as loud as you can. Come on, that's, that's weak. Shout amen as loud as you can. Amen. That's what's up. That's what's up. I asked you to say amen, and interesting enough, those of you that were screaming, you, you screamed like you were either a Raider fan or a Cowboy fan. And I understand. No, no, for real. I really do understand why, because you don't have much to scream or shout about. But, uh, but the anointing lies in the red and gold. So I need you to scream and holler like you're a Niner fan. Come on, holler for Jesus. I promise you when Jason invited me up here and I, I brought my pops and our deacons up here, I never knew that this would be a reenactment of the Titanic. <laughs> I feel like uh, the white boy Jack, I'm just black. So I'm like, I'm like literally standing on the edge that Jack and Rose were standing on 
And if this bad boy sink, I promise you, I'm be like Jesus, I'm gonna walk on some water up in here, I promise y'all. But it is absolutely amazing to be back here uh, up on this mountaintop. Interesting enough, at the same time, a couple of our kids uh, down from Fresno at Central High School is having a football camp uh, around the same time. And because of school policy, of course, and the way that our crazy nation is where they separate, you know, <laughs> uh, Jesus from school. But there's gangs in school, which is weird, because I don't know what. And we are like the greatest gang in the world, Christians, right? Um, I was told by a couple of our kids who heard that I was teaching, um, I need you to teach as loud as you do in Fresno so we can hear it where we're having camp at. And I want to tell y'all something. Whenever you have high school kids that are here for football, but they're like, we need to hear the gospel, right? then that means that those of us that are here for fishing, maybe we can catch more than just fish on the lake. Maybe there are some kids that need to be saved that are here at this appointed time, right? And maybe he selected us to come up here for a reason. So how about we get the party started right? Is that cool? I think I got 20 minutes left, right? I think I just took 10 minutes worth of talking about the Cowboys and the Raiders. Uh, And so I got 20 minutes to talk about Jesus, all right? So how about we do this? Let's go to the gospel according to Luke for a second. Luke chapter number five, and we'll hang our hats there for tonight. Um, And in about 20 minutes or so, we'll make like a basketball and bounce, and we'll find something to eat so your boy can eat and not get skinny. (laughs) Let's see. I ain't fasting this weekend, man. I'm finna eat, boy, I'll tell you right now. All right, Luke chapter five, if you dare say I'm there. If you're not saying, I'm still looking, still looking. Dude, it's Luke, bro. It's the gospel. It's the New Testament. And I see you. You're in Genesis. Ain't even close to it, man. Go and don't stop until you start seeing red letters, all right? And if you're on your phone and you're in Genesis, something really wrong with you, all right? Go to the gospel according to Luke, man. Doggone Raider fans, y'all don't know nothing. Jeez, man, that's crazy. You there? Yeah. What, what team are you? <laughs> Father, everybody stretch their hand real quick. Lord, I pray for these stars, Lord. Let them realize there was only one star in the Bible and it was hanging over the red and gold, the blood of Jesus and the gold, frankincense, and myrrh that was brought to the manger. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So Luke chapter 5, verse number 1, you'll find these words, Deacon Casey. Watch this. It says, as the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two boats. Everybody say two boats. At the edge of the lake, the fishermen, somebody say fishermen, had left them and were washing their nets. King James says, was mending and washing their nets, right? He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, whose name later on would be Peter, that cussing dude that would cut people's ear off, all right? And asked him to put out a little bit from land. And he sat down and was teaching and the crowd from, uh, teaching the crowd from the boat. But when he was finished uh, speaking, he said to Simon, go out into the deep part of the water and let down your net for a catch. Now watch Simon's little smart reply. He says, master, we worked hard all night long and caught nothing, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and the nets began to tear, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats, both boats, so full that they began to sink. 
But when Simon Peter saw this, notice his name is now Simon Peter, some translations suggest. Saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, get away from me because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those that were with him were amazed at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid. Jesus told Simon, from now on, you will be fishermen of men or catching people. And they brought the boats to land and left everything and followed Jesus. My fascination with the whole text specifically, dealing with the part when Jesus says, do me a favor, go deeper and let down your net. Just for the next 27, excuse me, next, for the next 17 minutes, uh, let's just talk from this idea, there's a catch, it's a catch. There's a catch to this. Let's just deal, deal, deal with that for a second. As everybody knows, uh, that knows me, me and brother Casey um, are absolutely amazing, amazing San Francisco 49er fans. I mean, we are diehard fans, man, it's, it's reality. Uh, we were born that way, we were saved that way, we were baptized that way, and because we are the way that we are, it seems like the Lord just keeps adding more anointing to San Francisco around those Niners every single year. I must be honest with you, though. However, last year at the beginning of the year, I was a little bit nervous at the beginning of the year. Let's just be real, dude. Um, Jimmy G was scary for me. He was. Um, I was always wondering whether or not dude was going to get injured or not. Then we traded like 17 draft picks to pick up a cat from North Dakota that had only thrown three passes, in my personal opinion, Trey Lance. Trey got injured on like the second game of the season, and I'm nervous because now Jimmy G is stepping back in. This dude gets injured when he drinks soup. <laughs> Sorry, Raider fans, he now belongs to you, okay? Here's what happened, though. This dude named Brock Purdy stepped in. This cat that nobody had really heard of, man, to the point where really he was considered irrelevant, even having that tag on him when he was drafted as the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. This cat steps in. What's so interesting is it wasn't the players that gave him their first, their first endorsement. It was John Lynch, the general manager. John Lynch said, we're not worried. This kid has some savvy. He has almost like a Brett Favre kind of mentality. He has a, a killer mentality, leadership qualities. That's the reason why we selected him. What's so crazy, if you ever decide to go and kind of look at the draft, the draft, uh, the draft uh, rules, the summary of possible draft prospects, you won't even find Brock, Party, Brock Purdy even in the midst of any of the quarterbacks that would be drafted. Dude was considered too small from an irrelevant school that if he was so good in high school, then a major college like Alabama, Oklahoma, USC, UCLA, Oregon would have picked him up, but nobody wanted this dude. But it was something about him that the general manager saw to the point of making him the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. And as you know the story, he goes on to lead San Francisco to only one loss, all the way to the NFC Championship game. Not because really he possibly believed in himself, but because somebody up top believed in him. And my brothers tonight, just for a brief moment, that's really what I want to deal with. The fact that the catch is, is that my God in heaven believes in each and every one of us as men. Reality is, as many times, we don't even believe in ourselves. I mean, who would with the credit report that we have, right? 
with the track record that we hold, I mean, the reality is, is that there are secrets that nobody knows with the exception of you, God, and the person that you did the secret with. And every single time you pray, God, please don't allow those veil to be removed and don't allow not the G-rated version, the Disney version, but the triple X version of my life to be revealed so that mankind can see who I really am. But he still uses you. And brothers, that is the crust of the lesson tonight. As we get started with this fisherman's retreat, is that for some mysterious reason, God could have picked anybody else, but he picked you. With all your flaws, all your mistakes, all your hiccups, all your jack-ups, all your toe-ups. Matter of fact, some of us are so toe-up that we're toe-up from the flow-up and can't even get up. But he still loves us. The song itself should have messed you up when it said nothing can, can pluck us out of the hand of Jesus. Many of us walk around like we all had in a bag of chips or Popeye's chicken and biscuits, like where the cats me out and the dogs by a while. But the reality is, is if everybody knew the real you, they wouldn't even listen to you. But Jesus knows you, knows everything about you, has a record on you and refuses to allow the enemy, your prosecutor, to show to the jury the record of who you really are. Yet still, he still loves you. And many of us would not even dare to see this text the way it does, but I saw it when I got up here. I looked at it and it arrested me because out of everybody that could have been named, he uses Peter. Let's just walk through it real quick. Carry me real quick and then we'll get up out of here, I promise you. Scripture says this, watch this, this is interesting. He says, Jesus is about to teach. And if I had more time, I would kind of walk through the crest of the history of how we got to Luke chapter five because many people think that Luke chapter five is in chronological order when reality is one of the many theologians would dare to suggest that the chronological order of Jesus' life is really the book of Matthew. What Luke does is Luke just acts like a physician, writing down the different cases that Jesus does. And he writes down out of the 33 cases of miracles that Jesus performs, Luke writes down 27 of them. Luke just grabs the many different highlights of miracles of Jesus' life, puts them in this book. Many people would suggest that at this particular time, it's not the first time that Peter met Jesus, but it's the first time that Peter himself understood the power of Jesus. I mean, think about it, really. Peter knows and sees Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the same cat that healed his mom. I mean, this is really laid out right here because when Jesus tells Peter what to do, he doesn't respond as if he doesn't know who the individual is. He literally says, Master. He's heard of him. But can I tell you something? Despite what people try to tell you about their fairy tale salvation life, Many times Jesus takes step by step, slow in process times of you hearing about him until you actually get to know him. And the knowing process to the hearing about him is two different things. Because many of us have heard of Jesus, but the reality is as many of us won't know him until we hit the moment that Peter hit. Look at it. Jesus is teaching. And when Jesus decides to teach, he sees two different boats. And the boat that he decides to use is Peter's boat, Paul's. Let's just shout right there. Because there was another boat. But he decides to use Peter's. Ooh, if I was at the St. Mary's Baptist Church in Southwest Fresno, folks would have hollered right there. So I'm gonna try it again, I'm gonna act like we're on the west side of Fresno, and I need y'all to holler so I can hurry up and get ready to sit down. 
There's two boats. He decides to use Peter's. All right, I'm going to do it one more time. I want you to shout. Even if you don't know what you're shouting over, then I'll tell you what you're shouting over, and you'll shout even louder. There's two boats, and he decides to use Peter's. Now, let me tell you why you just got excited. The reason why is because many historians would suggest that Peter's boat was the ugliest boat. It was the messiest boat. It was the most toe-up boat. And really, John and James, the son of Zebedee, possibly had a better-looking boat because they had more money than Peter had. This was the boat that Peter's daddy gave him, the boat that had been used ever since Peter was a kid. And Jesus, instead of using the cute boat, instead of using the Titanic, he makes the decision to use an old rusted boat that is sitting there at the dock of the bay. Brothers, that's your shout, because instead of Jesus deciding to use somebody that's seminary trained, deciding to use somebody that never messed up, deciding to use somebody that has always been perfect in their life, he uses, he selects out of the two, the rusted, the beat up, the toe up, and the overlooked, that's who he decides to use. He'll use a drug dealer, he'll use a drug pusher, he'll use a drug promoter, he'll use an ex-drug addict and many of us in here can say I may not be a drug user or a drug pusher but I can say I was a sinner and he still used me but watch it bros man I'm about to get excited he uses the boat before he uses Peter did you miss it he uses the boat before he uses Peter I'm going to say it again. He uses the boat before he uses Peter. And he uses the boat without asking Peter's permission. Wait, it's Peter's boat. He bought it. He's still paying on this thing. And this rabbi with long dreadlocks, that's how my Jesus looked. Hops on the boat with corns, bunions, <laughs> steps on his boat and sits down on it. It's in the Bible. He doesn't ask permission, can I use your boat? No, he sits on it as if it belongs to him. Wait a minute, it does. Because the wood that made the boat belongs to God, who is Jesus. God is Jesus wrapped in the flesh. And if it wasn't for Jesus, then there would be no wood from the tree because in the book of Genesis, God said, let there be, and it was. Can I tell you something, brothers? Everything you have, Jesus owns it and he loans it to you so that he can use it from you. It's right there. But wait, let's look at him for a second. I'm almost done, but I promise you. Look, dude, when he meets, when Peter meets him, the Bible says, Peter's washing his neck. Ain't that what it say? I think it do. It do. <laughs> He's done teaching. Peter's washing his neck. Y'all missed it. Jesus is teaching. Peter ain't paying attention. Sound like us, huh? 
Yeah, every single Sunday. Uh-huh. Pastor preaching. We looking at the score. Pastor. I know because I'm a pastor and I'll be looking at my dad and my pops be in the corner like, the Cardinals are losing again. I love you, Pop. I had to, Dad. I had to. Dude, any real though? Look, look, this is Peter. This is about to be the next pastor. He's about to pastor the church and he's not even paying attention in church. It's right there. That's why I tell you, the Bible is so raw because it's like really us today. Like Peter is on Facebook. <laughs> he's like on Snapchat while Jesus is teaching. The Bible says like he is literally making a post that says, well, didn't catch nothing again today. <laughs> he's sending a message like, you still up? Netflix and chill. Am I talking real? You know it because Jesus finishes and he sees Peter dejected. And he doesn't go to the people that have been listening to him. He goes to the one that hasn't. Can, can I tell you something, brothers? And you may want to write this down, snap it, take a picture of it, remember it. Maybe do whatever you want. I don't care. God gave it to me, so I'm just going to do my job. Your greatest blessing sometimes comes from your greatest disappointment. I'm going to say it again. Your greatest blessing sometimes comes from your greatest disappointment. Peter's about to experience his greatest blessing as a fisherman. And while at the same time, he's just experienced his greatest disappointment. He's been fishing his whole life. He ain't caught nothing. And Jesus sees this quitter. He's quitting. He's, the Bible says he's washing his net and mending it. it. means he's repairing it. Well, how do you repair something if it ain't even been used? I mean, it, no fish have hit the net, so what are you repairing? How's there a hole in your net? You ain't caught nothing. What are you trying to fix? You've sucked all night, dog. You're horrible, bro. John, John and James ain't even talking to you. They over there. You are so rejected the word of God that Jesus is giving. You don't even want to listen to it. Can I ask you something? Have you ever been in such a moment of disappointment that not even God's word gave you comfort? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm talking to like super saved dudes up in here. I'm going to be honest. There are moments where not even the word at the moment gives me comfort. So when the word isn't giving me comfort, the word comes and comforts me. Did you catch it? That was heck of raw, huh? The word didn't give him comfort. So the word went and comforted him. The word walks up to him and the word never asked him did you catch anything? Because he already knows you ain't caught nothing. The word doesn't ask, did you get fired? The word doesn't ask, did you cheat on your wife? The word doesn't ask, did you get caught masturbating? The word doesn't say, were you watching pornography? The word already knows it. So the word comes along and says this, go deeper. 
People would say you're a failure. People will say you don't deserve her. People would say you don't deserve the job or the ministry. The word says this, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. People say, God doesn't love you. The word comforts you that says no man can pluck you from my hand. People say the enemy has defeated you. But the word comforts you by saying no weapon that is formed against you shall... Do y'all feel me up on this thing? Jesus says, why am I beating up a person that's already beat up? My job is to lift up a person that has been beat up and tell them, don't quit, just go deeper. The problem with Peter was not the net or the boat. The problem with Peter was the right person wasn't on the boat and the right person wasn't mending his net. Brothers, when Jesus gets on your boat, even your disappointments will become a blessing. I like that so much, I want you to say it again. But this time, brothers, I want you to high-five somebody and tell them, when Jesus is on your boat, oh, come on, say it, say it, say it. I don't care if you don't talk in church, you gonna talk in this church. I want you to high-five a brother and tell him, when Jesus is on your boat, your disappointments will become a blessing. You need scripture? You need scripture? All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You need one more? What the enemy means for evil, God can make for the good. Brothers, you are not a disappointment. You're a blessing. Watch it so I can get out of here. He says, go deeper. He said, you're a fisherman. You wasn't meant to catch fish in shallow water. You too deep for that, bruh. The fish ain't gonna bite if they see you. Fish ain't gonna bite if they see you because all they see is a disappointment. But I need you to go deeper because I don't need the fish to see you. I need fish to see the bait. And I'm on the boat now. I don't want the fish to see you. I need them to see me. So I need you to go to some waters that are sometimes uncommon. Bro, I need you to go to some waters that sometimes feel scary. I need you to go into the darkest of the night where you can't even see yourself. Because sometimes our greatest disappointment is not what people say, but it's what we see in ourselves. And if I allow you to stay where the light is, all you will see is your disappointments, all you will see is your failures, all you will see were times where you wasn't there for your kids, times where you missed events, times where you messed up, times where you lied, times where you cheated, times where you stole. I don't want you to see yourself. I want you to go into the darkest of the night where the only person that you can rely on is the one that sent you that deep. And that man's name is Jesus Christ. Am I talking? to any brothers. Watch this. This is the big one. Because I want you to go deep. 
and I want you to cast your net. The Bible says to Peter says, Master, bro, you a preacher. Your job is to preach. You ain't about this life. I've been fishing my whole life. How a preacher going to tell a fisherman how to do his job? Y'all missed that, boy. That was some powerful. When, when I saw that, I was like, dang, that's real. Jesus, you're supposed to be in the pulpit. Why are you trying to tell a fisherman how to fish? But remember this. Sometimes, even the most professional person can be so beat up that he forgets how good he is. Did I just say something? Did I strike something? I, I meant to. I meant to bowl down here. I want to bowl some strikes. I'm serious. I'm going to say it again. And if it hits you, I just want you to say, uh, all right? Sometimes the most professional, experienced person can be so beat up that they forget how good they are. One mistake makes you forget all the times you were there for your kids. One slip up forgets how great of a husband you've been for 25 years. Can I be honest with you? As a preacher, one bad sermon makes you forget how many sermons you've preached that had folk coming to the altar saying, what must I do to be saved? Am I being honest with you? And just for the expert fishermen out here, one time being at Lake Hume or Hume Lake and not catching nothing before chapel will have you forget that you're one of the baddest fishermen in Fresno. Can I tell you something, brothers? That's why Jesus is telling you what to do. Because he's saying, you see a disappointment, but I see a blessing. Drop your net. Now, can I just talk to you about the net? And I'm, I'm really going to be done. I know black preachers say that all the time, and they got like another 45 minutes, but I'm almost done. If you ain't never in a black church, like you go, the black preacher, they're going to say that about nine times. Like, I'm almost done. And you'd be like, dude, you said that like 27 minutes ago. All right. It's just something in us. We, it's just something we do. Dr. King did it. He had a dream that it lasted a long time. Watch. All right, watch this. He says, cast your net. Now, here, here's one reason why Peter was tripping. Watch this, Deacon Wiley. Because experts will understand, based on what history is, is the net that was used was not a normal fishing net. It was a net that was used at night. The purpose of the night net is it was to make sure that the fish didn't see the net. So it blended in in the darkness. Fish couldn't see it. So they literally would run into the net. Jesus makes it, it, makes it on purpose to show Peter that what job I want you to do is similar to the job I've called you to do. I do not want you to trick people into loving me. I want you to obey me and watch people run to the net. Three times, three times, three times, three times, three times. I knew you was black, yes. Do you feel it? Typically, you trick the fish into catching. Jesus says, nah, with me, I'm gonna be so authentic I'm going to be so transparent that I don't have to trick people into biting the bait. I'm just going to dangle the hook and put me on it, and people will run to where I am. 
Jesus is teaching the church here, you don't have to trick men into catching fish to know Jesus. All you have to do is open the doors of the chapel and when Jesus is being preached, men will run into the chapel. Y'all don't hear me, right? Because the name of Jesus is better than any catfish, basa basa, or tilapia that you can catch. Am I preaching to somebody, y'all? Says this, I'm about to show you. You ain't gotta trick nobody into knowing me. We know it's real because after they catch the fish, the Bible says, Boats that don't even have Jesus on it. Start noticing that boat look heavy. <laughs> Man, something going on. I'm going on. Oh, y'all, y'all need transparency, huh? Mark my words. By the time we leave here, Fresno Unified, Central Unified, is going to have to send notification to Hume Lake because some of their football players is gonna be sitting inside of this building. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They may not sit at the lake, but they're gonna sit and sit in the, in the lake in this, in this chapel. Because whenever Jesus is being preached, whenever Jesus' name is being lifted, folks have to flock. Oh, y'all need scripture? If I be lifted up, I'll draw. It doesn't say I'll trick. It doesn't say I'll con. It doesn't say I'll coerce. No, all you gotta do is lift my name up and men and women will come running to where my name is. Why? Because where my name is is where the Spirit is. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Brothers, you came to the right mountain, around the right lake, at the right time to hear the right preacher. Because the only thing I'm going to give you for the next two days is the name of Jesus. That's all I got. That's all I can give. If you don't want it, don't come in here. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Oh, I just wish he'd bring a little bit more.